This episode of The Citadel Cafe is brought to you by listeners like you. Visit patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe to find out how you can become a patron and help make this show possible. This is the Citadel Cafe, episode number 397 for Wednesday, March 10th, 2021. My name is Joel Duggan, and the Citadel Cafe is where my friends and I hang out to talk about the geeky stuff that we are into. Joining me this week, Lou Page is back. You can find him at Busy Zombie Lord on all the social media that matters. And of course, Zombies Ate My Podcast with Ryan Murphy, who was just on the show a few weeks ago. Hello, Lou. Hi. Dude, it's almost spring. Almost. <laughs> We're getting there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'll take the weather we've been getting. Uh, I'm uh, there's almost no more snow on the ground here, so we've had a couple of weird like cold snaps and then super thaws, and I can tell you right now that uh, my sinuses are mad. I uh-huh. I have not been sleeping the best lately. If I at all seem crotchety or or complainy when I shouldn't be, because all things together things are fine. It's good. Like, I'm fine. Fam- family's healthy. Things are good. Yep. Uh, but man, this week, like my head just hurts and it's, uh-huh. do, but there's, it's not hay fever. Like hay fever doesn't start in the middle of March or early March. Uh, there's no buds on the trees around here. It's Canada. It's like, there's snow on the ground today. Like it just, it's, it's weird. And then despite us well wearing masks and stuff, there's a couple of flu bugs going around. Uh, Cause, yeah. uh, Cause I had a coworker who missed about two days of work, like maybe two weeks ago. And I said, you Okay. Because he never misses any work. I said, you okay? Did you? He's like, I don't know what it was. He goes, I don't know if it was the takeout we got or whatever. He goes, something kicked my butt for like the whole weekend. He goes, and then I come Monday, Tuesday, I was still out of it. He goes, so I just took the days off. I said, oh, yeah. And then the following week, a same thing happened to me. Friday, I was like, ooh, I don't. That Friday, I was like, I don't feel so good. And it was a stomach bug, and it just kicked my butt. And then I got, talked to my dad the after I got better, and I'm like, dad, I, I don't know about you, but man, I got this. My dad goes, yeah, you got the stomach bug thing. And my dad lives 1500 miles away. <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah, the stomach bug. He goes, everybody in my, in my work got it too. He goes, it kicked my butt for like a week. And I'm like, I'm like, well, I'm not alone. I don't feel so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's hard when you'd think that with all the caution and, and precautions that people take with, with COVID-19 and masks and washing hands and, uh, you know, we're I don't, still getting sick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not, but I work from home, and I haven't done any socializing outside of the immediate bubble and bubble of loved ones. Like it just, it's it's pretty I, standard. I have one friend. I get to get together with him and his brother about once a month, and then uh, we see Erica's grandparents maybe once a month. And other than that, the only other socializing I do is to go to the grocery store. I don't yeah. leave the house except to do that. Yep, same. Same. So, so, and, and if, I mean, there are other things I could do, but I'm home all day working. So uh, come the end of the come Erica gets home at the end of the day. We brought the baby, she brings the baby home. I'm like, eh, I don't want to go out now. We got to put the baby down for bed. So that limits my options of going out. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I, I do find lately, like I've been wintertime, especially I've been spending a lot more time cooking, you know, cooking inside, trying to make meals that last a couple of days. So I don't have to do it every day, especially on podcast days where I'm busy 
uh, and and that's helped. But yeah, like I just outside of dis- dinner at respective families, like I we don't go out very much, and I'm okay with that. You know, like I mean, I do have the new Xbox. Like I've got stuff to do at home. Um, honestly, I haven't really been on the Xbox that much, uh, which is weird, and it feels. You ever have that guilt? Not after a new purchase, because like I did have that. Like I experienced that. I bought this holy crap. Um, what am I doing? Moment. And now it's it's worked its way into like it's part of the household. And I honestly I use it about fifty fifty for games, and the other fifty percent I use it as an entertainment center because of course there's the Twitch app, the YouTube app, Netflix. Like it's all on the yep. Xbox. And while those apps are on the TV, I find the Xbox controller just a little bit easier to use than the remote. Um, unfortunately I still have to use the remote on the TV to turn up and down the volume if I need to. Um, but I, uh, I also like the instant on of the Xbox again, TV doesn't take very long either, but I can turn the Xbox on and the television comes on at once. And, and so far so good, especially because I am consuming a lot of Twitch content right now and I can type with the Xbox controller, although it's slow and like very short sentences and stuff like that. But if you wanted to say hello or thank you or you know, nice build or whatever you want to do and, and insert like a little comment into a stream or let them know that you're lurking because you're on Xbox. You can do that. Whereas typing with the remote on the television would be painstaking. I would drive myself crazy. Um, yeah. And I just, uh, I'm now finding like, I'm feeling guilty because I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about this in, in the main discussion, but I'm playing a little bit more um, Minecraft and Satisfactory on the computer, which is again, a piece of equipment I invested a lot of you know time and money into. Um, and not playing as much on the Xbox, which is just like, what? I just bought this thing. Has the new shiny worn off already? And no, I think I just get into these. Uh, you you get into habits, you get into moods, and then you just don't go back to something for a while. Well, yeah, uh, interests. Like, like yeah. what's what's grabbing you? What's grabbing you creati- like creatively? And right now I'm playing a lot of building games, stuff where you create something out of nothing. Whereas the games on Xbox are very <laughs> They're they're often the opposite. It's trying yeah. to shoot stuff, blow it up, get rid of it, jump on its head. Like you know, you're tr- yeah. you're trying to do that kind of stuff. Now, I have seen a number of other you know cool things that that I've bookmarked on on the Xbox for for games I want to try. I think that might be the other thing too. I have like two or three games on the PC, and then I have yeah. Xbox Game Pass. And so like I sit down, and the first decision is the same problem I have with Netflix. It's like, what am I in what the do mood I do? for? Like I've got eight different games from four different genres. You know, I've got adventure, I've got racing, I've got shooters, I've got uh, platformers. Like, what do I want to do? And um, the other thing that I, I found, uh, which is a good thing, it's a positive thing. Uh, Laura and I really enjoy, you know, playing some games on the Xbox together. And I will often sit down and be like, I could sit here and play Xbox, ah, but it's so much fun to experience this with somebody, you know. And 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 I'll just wait. I said, like, well, we'll play when you know she comes over later this week. And then I'll go play something solo on the computer. Um, and I think I might have been talking about this on the Render Distance, the extended version of, of the Spawn Chunks podcast, where I've discovered that unlike, say, you and Ryan, who have been just gamers for as long as I've known you, it's kind of like how you identify when I you know, think about you guys <laughs> as, as, as people and podcasters and stuff like that. As far as your internet, kind of like our friendship goes, I, I feel like you guys, you're gamers, you know? Yeah, and I've never felt that way. I've enjoyed video games, but I would never consider myself a gamer because I went for years without playing. And I'm realizing that one of the things I like so much about gaming, the way I do it now, is sharing it with people. 
So if I spend a couple hours playing, you know, a game like Minecraft, not streaming, I feel like I'm just, I'm wasting opportunities to have fun and share this content with people. And I think that sort of is creeping into a little bit on the Xbox. And I need to kind of get that out of there because the whole idea with the with the Xbox was to be chill time on my own and just yeah. be able to yeah. be, be Batman, the, you know? You, the, the, you've got to figure out the, the, the difference between being on the PC versus your Xbox. What are you trying to do? Are you trying to unwind or are you trying to, to, to have fun and share it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's, there's a fine line between that. Like, uh, the problem I run into is I run into people in real life all the time that are like, oh, yeah, you play video games. Here's what I'm playing. It's a new Call of Duty. We should play Call of Duty. And nah, I don't play Call of Duty. Yeah. What do you play? And then I list off all the things they play. And I'm like, I, they're like, I've never heard of anything you're playing. <laughs> and I'm like, and, I, and I'm like, exactly. You'd have never heard of anything I'm playing because I don't play multiplayer. I'm a solo guy. I don't, I don't, I play video games. So I don't have to socialize with people. That said, I did really enjoy the multiplayer destiny I did with Ryan. Like that was a fun. I bet you did. That was a fun time to just kind of kick back on on the couch because it's also it wasn't it was co-op, not competitive, and we weren't up yep. against other people either. It was us versus the missions in the game and trying to get Ryan up to speed and in, in beyond light. And that I found really cool because of course, you know, you know, we get to catch up and eventually we stopped talking about the game and the mechanics and we started talking about things like um, you know, how the family was, like all that kind of stuff. And so that yeah. was really cool because that's not often something that we get to do when not podcasting, which is silly because I have all the time in the world <laughs> during this pandemic where everybody's home. And I've got a number of people that, you know, are part of my Minecraft server or people that are, you know, co-hosts or guests of this show that I could easily just call up have a virtual pint with. And we just, for whatever reason, yep. people are just turtling. And I mean, I say that and all of the people that I've mentioned with the exception of maybe two have families so like obviously there's a demand on their time elsewhere it's not just yep. you know i just find i sit around a lot and look at screens and i'm not saying that it's bad i'm just i've just noticed the the uptick in in that area and um so yeah i'm, I'm just trying to find a, a place for for that aspect of of the gaming i think too that i have to give myself a little leeway in that i'm such a completionist and it's weird because um, Minecraft is not a game that ends, right? Like you just, you can't yeah. complete. I mean, you can, if you think about it in terms of beating the dragon at the end, but like, it's a building game. It's an, it's a sandbox game. There is no end. Um, but when it comes to games like, you know, Batman series, the Arkham series, um, things like platformers that have like little secrets, I, I kind of want to go through and do all that kind of stuff. A good example is Mass Effect. Like by the time I got to the last levels in Mass Effect, I was almost OP because I did all of the side missions. I just yeah. like doing that stuff. Um, and I'm trying to wrap my head around mentally what that looks like with Xbox um, Game Pass because I'm I, the first three months was a buck. If I don't like something, just uninstall it. It doesn't yeah. matter if you're halfway through it. If you don't want to play it, well, you don't want to play it. Like you're not in the mood. Maybe the game's not that good. You know, maybe... Um, it's just something that you, you just can't seem to get in the right vibe for. Like there just seems to be, uh, I, I, a few I have like learned, I have learned cause I, I've said it before on the show. My steam library alone is 1600 games. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a problem. It's called, it's called, uh, bundle sales. 
supporting independent and, developers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, and uh, but and, and I won't I won't lie. I mean, I probably spend about fifty bucks a month on video games, maybe. Like, ne probably not more than that, and. I end up walking away with 50 bucks. I end up with like 25 games a month because wow. I bought three bundles. And so I look at them and I'm like, yeah, never going to play that. Never going to play that. Never going to play that. Or I'll try this. I play it for like 45 minutes and go, yeah, no, not scratching the itch. I'll go play something else. And then I end up doing something else. And what ends up happening to me is I play a lot of games on my laptop while I'm sitting on the couch watching TV with, with Erica at night or uh, you know, the the baby sitting on the thing next to me. I'm like, well, I'll play my game. And I end up playing something and I'm like, nope, this isn't what I want to play. I'm going to play something else. And then I'll jump through like 12 games before I go, oh, yeah, no, I'm going to go back to that game I was playing six months ago. And I'm like, why do I keep doing that? There's like five new games I want to play. But I'm going to go back to that game from six months ago because that's just what I want to play. And Eric would be like, but didn't you just buy some new game? Yeah. She's like, why aren't you playing it? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I find too that um, I'll get into these moods where I'll want problem solving. Like I want something that's really engaging. I don't necessarily want to die. Like I don't want to have that kind of a threat in a game. I But I want to like almost beat my head up against a wall as to why something logistically is not working in a build or uh, a game uh, like what I'm going to talk about this week in, in Satisfactory. Like something that has some sort of problem solving puzzle like level to it. Um, and the thing that gets me and you might, I don't know about the length of the games that you play, but I end up getting into games where you start to play and then you blink and you're hungry and it's three and a half hours later. And you're just like, what, yep. why, why do I choose these games? Like, one thing that I do like about my experience so far with the Xbox, which again has always surprised me, is that Forza Horizon 4, this racing game that I've been getting into, um, it is a pickup put down. Like I can drive for 10 minutes or I can drive for an hour. It just, it isn't, it's a great lunchtime kind of like kickback thing. Right. Uh, and I don't get that with the other games that I spend a lot of time in. They're usually long hauls you know minecraft you know it's something i'm building and i'm such a picky artist and creator that like i want it to look good and that takes time and planning and same with satisfactory like it just that kind of stuff so i need to find some games that are maybe less of a time sink for me <laughs> uh because yeah. i'm noticing like oh i should have done some more things today <laughs> i should have maybe you know done extra laundry but all of a sudden it's midnight and i you know started playing satisfactory at nine and i had no intention to stay up late um, but it's yeah, yeah that it's, yeah yeah it, been there done that yeah. many 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 times and it kind of makes me wonder like when people are designing a game I wonder why a lot of the times they're designed to take so long and I, I mean mm -hmm. on one hand I guess like sure you're getting some some um, entertainment out for dollar in you know you think about renting a movie or buying a movie uh, and you've got two hours and it's done unless you want to rewatch it. Uh, whereas if a game takes 60 hours, then like that's a much better investment generally in terms of money in for entertainment out. But when it's these open world games or it's some of these other things that just take a long time to ramp up and just go on for ages, I just kind of think like, I don't understand, you know, you start to get outside of yourself. Like, what am I even trying to accomplish here? Like, I'm just kind of sitting here. But I think a lot of it too, as far as, um, and I don't, I don't want to speak lightly of this because I don't I, I don't understand a lot of it um, because I haven't experienced it 
personally. Um, but things like just your mental health during the pandemic, um, I'll find I get into these itches and I, I know it from a work perspective. Like when I'm doing creative artwork, I will often have to kick my butt to sit in the chair. But once I'm in the chair drawing, there's a visual problem to solve. And I'm like a dog yeah. with a bone until that's done. Like, like I will work late that day. I will try not to like, if I'm going to leave the session of drawing on a piece, I want it to, I want the thought process to be done at which point I can then wait till tomorrow to do the next thing, you know, like do all the designing right. and all the line work one day and then do all the paint the next. But if I start the paint, I have a real hard time stopping, you know, and walking away from yeah. it. And I'm finding that with like that kind of thing. I'll also, because running a home business, there's a lot of bookkeeping. You and I were talking pre-show about like it's tax seasons. Like there's all these things. And I'll find that I'll be in the mood where like, I know I need to work. I don't really feel like um, drawing and being creative or editing video, but then I'll sit down and be just like, you know, I, have, I need to catch up on these books and I will just lose an afternoon. I don't necessarily enjoy the process. I like the check mark afterwards. I like the to-do list going like, yep, did the books for January. That's done. You know, like I enjoy that stress relief, but I will go tunnel vision for an afternoon and just do all the bookkeeping. And I'm wondering uh, if that kind of plays over into some of these games that I play. I will. I do that with housework. Huh. Uh, we try to maintain housework, but with a kid and being everything being home, it's, it, you know, there's stuff that gets away. Like we maintain dishes every day, but you know, that means like, the laundry might not get done or the living room might not get picked up or something like that. And then a Saturday morning will come along and I drive Erica crazy because she wants to get up and go out and do stuff in the morning. And my answer is no, I don't want to go anywhere till all the chores are done. And she goes, I don't understand you. I'm like, well, I'm going to, we're going to get back from wherever it is. We are. It's going to be two o'clock in the afternoon. And that's when I want to relax. Yeah. I don't want to relax in the morning. I want to do something. So I'll get up at eight. It's, seven eight o'clock in the morning and it will be like all right empty the dishwasher load up the dishwasher go through here pick up the living room throw all the laundry to the thing get it all sorted so it's ready to go we could just have to do laundry all day fold all fold all the clean laundry that's come up and she'll be like in two hours you've done what uh, it looks like six hours worth of work and i'm like yeah because it needs to get done and she's like i don't know how you do it and i'm like i just it's my saturday morning routine it has to be done it's really funny you mentioned that because I do the same thing. I um, I keep the kitchen clean almost daily. I have a very small kitchen, uh, not a lot of counter space. So it becomes a problem when you want to cook and there's stuff everywhere. So I get, I try to stay on top of that. Plus, you know, like adulting, I do the dishes before I play video games after dinner. Yeah. Um, but uh, on Saturday, I just, I start with the kitchen because I've normally made a pancake breakfast and there's not a lot of dishes, but there's enough that I would like to clean them up. Uh, and then I just work from the kitchen happens to be at the front of my apartment and the bedroom is at the back. And so I just go straight through. I start with the kitchen, you know, like sweep the floor, clean the counter, do the dishes. And then it's onto the living room for sweeping and dusting and then the bathroom and then bedroom and, you know, any laundry that has to go away, that kind of stuff. And the reason I do that is because returning to the time sink, I stream on weekends. So from noon yep. to roughly four, four thirty, I am busy. And if yep. I have any plans that evening, uh, I don't want to then start to do chores at four o'clock in the afternoon. Like I'd like to have them done. 
And, yeah. and so I've, I've actually run into an issue lately where I've had to try and split this. So it's a change to my routine and I'm still getting used to it because I was streaming on Saturdays at one my time. And now I'm trying to bump that up to noon to have a slightly longer stream and try to catch some people in the Europe and, and other areas over uh, in the East um, earlier in the day rather than right at their dinner time. And right. it's working. I've, I've increased the viewership on, on the stream, but it means I have a narrower window unless I get up a little bit earlier. And so sometimes I don't necessarily get out of bed until like a 10 o'clock-ish on a Saturday. And after pancakes and relaxing and, you know, watching something on Saturday morning, then I only have like about 20 minutes, you know, half an hour or so. So it's enough time to do the dishes, but I don't get the rest of the apartment done. And so I'm trying right. to space it out a little bit. And um, I find too, depending on um, how I'm feeling, um, way, I mean, I've had some back issues this week, but like back when I had a really bad um, back issue, you know, I call it an injury, but like when I had a really bad back issue um, and I couldn't sit at the computer very long, I would schedule like every day would be a different thing that I'd have to get up every hour and like work on, you know, whether it's laundry, you know, cleaning the kitchen, whatever it was. And the idea was that it would keep me from sitting for too long. And I found that that helped break up the day, but I much prefer the one and done like that way, like with the sweeping and the dusting and the, all that kind of crap, I don't want to think about it until the next Saturday. Like I just, it's something I don't have to work into my daily schedule because I find that my week can be pretty busy. And now that the weekends, my weekends aren't necessarily busy. They just have these big chunks of time that are gone. Right. But they're gone with things that I enjoy. So I really need to rip the bandaid off and get all the chores done like Friday into Saturday. And, um, it's, it's, I feel the same way. Like, and, and if I'm on a, if I'm doing chores, I would much rather do all of them at once. Like if I'm cleaning yep. the kitchen, I might as well just take the, all the cleaning stuff and go straight to the bathroom. And, cause and it's, it's not, usually, yeah. I, I, I take a lot of staycations. Nice. Cause my wife doesn't get as many vacations as I do. So I end up, I get a lot of vacation cause I've been with the company for a long time. So I get five or six vacations a year. And when I start a vacation, the first thing I do is I spend the whole first day cleaning the house. Mm -hmm. Everything that needs to be done, or there'll be some small task that like, like I have a workshop in the basement and all of my tools will be a mess. I'll spend the whole first day just sorting those tools and putting them back where they need to be. So everything is back in place. Everything is where it needs to be. And then the rest of my vacation, I don't have to think about it. It's not going to be something that I'm going to go on my last day of vacation. Oh, man, I got to go back to work tomorrow. But I still got to go clean up those tools. Nope, they're done. I don't have to think about it anymore. Yeah, yeah. So I make a list of things and I'll be like, all right, first two days of vacation. I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do that. And then I'm done. Yeah, I, and then I, I, can I do relax. that. Yeah, I do that with um, either late the weekends or like going into early weeks sometime or even just the top of the month. Like I like to clean the workstations up and, and make sure the places yeah. that I'm spending the most time have like all the things needed. It's like we were talking before about, you know, Amazon shopping and things like that in, in the pre-show. And like, I, you know, I've got a list and a lot of the things that I want to buy for the house are just like extra cords. So I can stop bringing cords from one place to the next and just know that like the iPad can be set up yep. in, you know, position A, B or C and all of them have chargers should I need them. And like it just like little things like that. I like having that kind of stuff organized. And yeah. I, I find that I am more productive in the studio, which doesn't look at most of the apartment. Like I can see a fraction of my living room from where I sit, but like really if my back is to it, I can't see anything, but I will be more productive 
work-wise and more productive artistically when the rest of my apartment is clean. It's, it's yep. a weird mental thing. Um, and, and, and it's something I can totally relate to. Uh, like right now, I, I'm working from my couch in the living room every day. Mm. And I look around the couch and, you know, I've got a cat sleeping next to me here on the couch on a pile of blankets that I was using the other day. And I'm like, yeah, I need to clean up those blankets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I definitely have that kind of stuff. I don't have a lot of clutter in my living room, so thankfully there's not a lot of stuff that goes around. But I, the thing on my list, and we'll move on after this, but uh, the, the thing on my list that really needs to happen is my spare room. Uh, yep. I've been saying forever, and I thought I should do this during 2020 with everybody stuck at home, and I just never did it. And I was talking to a friend about it, and... And they were like, you know what? Like, yes, okay, sure. You had all this time and all this stuff to like to focus on it. But remember, you work from home anyway. So things really didn't change that much during the pandemic for you. Yes, you were yep. at home a lot, but there's also, it's a stressful time. And so like, you have to remember that you can't do things all the time. And if you're working a lot, adding more work to your home life is just going to stress you out more. So don't feel too bad about it. Um, but it's, yep. it's a waste of space. And there's a lot of stuff that just, from an environmental situation like electronics and things, I just, I will not throw in a landfill. Like I really need to take them to a recycle depot. And so that just, it requires that little bit of extra effort. That's not just I, walking something downstairs. To the, I to have, the bin, you know? I have five bins of stuff that needs to go to Goodwill. Mm. And uh, the Goodwill last time I was there, they're only accepting donations two days a week. And when you get to Goodwill to do those donations, my experience has been there is a line of cars to drop off crap. And I've been like, yep, nope, I'll wait till spring. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it this winter. So when we go downstairs in the basement to do laundry, there's a stack of totes and Erica looks at me and goes, when are we going to get rid of those? And I'm like, when it gets warmer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, like it, it's all stuff that like, I'm, I'm not going to stand out in the cold or sit in the car in the cold for an hour waiting to my turn at, at Goodwill. I'd rather do that when it's warmer out and I don't have to worry about freezing. Yeah. Well, speaking of keeping things neat and tidy, um, I promise I won't spend too long on this because we've sp spoken about video games for, for quite a bit um, today. But I, I've been playing a lot of Satisfactory. Uh, I'm back into the Satisfactory kick. I've mentioned it on the show before. I think it was my pick last week. And uh, the reason why is because there is an update coming to Satisfactory uh, in uh, the next week or so, actually uh, Monday. So March 16th is when update four is coming to the experimental version of the game. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Satisfactory is a factory building resource management game, but it's really creative. Uh, it's also just a, a really, it's a rewarding process of setting up something, uh, doing the math, which I know doesn't sound fun, but when you do all your calculations correctly and the result is a whole lot of items moving across conveyor belts in an automated way, uh, in the same way that, you know, a lot of the Mimi videos you'll see online of like, you know, crayons being made in a factory or things like that, that just look cool, uh, cascading across the screen. Um, that is kind of your reward for, for doing this kind of stuff. Um, it's also really creative. You have a limited amount of things that you can build with, but you can use them in different ways. And so I find it a nice stretch. Uh, and like I mentioned earlier, when you have a very technical mood, it's a good game for me because it, it involves some math and some planning and some executing and some spatial yep. analysis. And so it, it scratches the same sort of itch that Minecraft does. 
which also scratches my my graphic designer, you know, visual problem solving um, personality. And I I've just been I've been spending a lot of time because I want to learn and refresh my memory before I do a stream on the 16th to uh, take a look at the new content. Um, I'm pretty sure you've never played Satisfaction. Have you seen it played before? I've seen it played before. Not my style of game. Yeah, no, I, I remember that much. Um, so I won't. Yeah. I won't spend too much. Uh, no, no, on no. It. It, uh, like I get why people like it. I, it's just not why I play games. Yeah, it's it does start to feel like work, in, in yeah. some in some ways. Um, but in the same way that like checking off my to do list for doing my bookkeeping for January, I feel the same satisfaction. It's a terrible pun, but I feel that same feeling when I puzzling through a, a factory build on how to get, you know, this much iron into this many plates, rods and screws so that I can build other things with them. And when I get the ratios right and I've managed to make, managed to make it look cool, I'm just like, yes, checkbox. Okay. I, I enjoyed that, that process. It's like doing a crossword puzzle, like that kind of a feeling. Um, but the new, uh, the new update is is really going to change the game. Uh, I mentioned bullet points last week, but essentially the things that are going to affect me the most is the way that power is changing. Uh, yeah. Power doesn't work in the game currently the way that power works in real life. The power plants, specifically the coal ones so far, because I've not done a lot with other things. Um, sorry, I've, I've got a, a gas-powered... Um, uh, a factory but this is i'm talking about like trying to get up to speed for update four they fluctuate so the the coal plant will only burn and create enough power based on what your usage is the, the crappy part there is that if one of the power plants goes down for any reason then your whole system goes down because they were only all producing just enough to get by whereas in real life when you burn energy if you don't collect it all or use it all it just gets wasted like it just it just it's you can't you can't throttle things like that um, without a lot right. of effort. So one of the new buildings they're adding in update four is essentially a battery or a battery, a power storage building. So it allows you to store the excess power. So if something happens where you've cut a wire or you've made a build change, you've put a new factory online and it was too much for your power network, instead of the whole thing shutting down, which is a real pain, um, they'll say, oh, you're now working on reserve power. You have this much time to correct this to course correct, which is great. It's a, it's more that, fun from a gameplay mechanic. That sounds like a great uh, extend of life add-on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because people get frustrated specifically because while power doesn't work in the way the way uh, it does in real life in the game, the other thing that doesn't work the way that it does in real life is fluid mechanics, and they they change the way that um, coal power, which is your first automated power tier in the game. Uh, they changed the way that it works in the last update and update three, they added water and fluid into the game with pipes and fluid dynamics and satisfactory have its own set of rules. They do not follow physics in real life. So anything that you think you might know about water mechanics, forget it. And so that is becoming really challenging because I've even followed some tutorials done precisely what I think I'm supposed to do and still have, you know, one coal power generator that has no water in it when the eight next to it have tons. And it's like, well, why isn't it going into this one particular building? And I just can't figure it out. And so that kind of stuff has been very frustrating. And that is the kind of thing that leads to one of your power, you know, coal generators shutting down. But now it's there. The other ones are going to be operating at full tilt 
you know, in the new, in the new, so power, I think is going to get better. I feel like the power changes will balance out the kooky water mechanics, uh, and how that, that works. Um, I actually missed an update. I wasn't, uh, and, and the reason why I'm spending so much time in the game is because I want to, I want to have a really good handle on tiers one through four, because four is where the new changes in update four are coming. And I want to make sure I'm up to speed. So last weekend on stream, I did a, let's do a new experimental build. We started from nothing. We skipped the tutorial and we got ourselves about halfway to tier four. And so the next time I do a stream, probably this coming weekend in Satisfactory, I will do the same thing. We'll get probably to about tier four and then I'll wait and I'll wait until, you know, Monday to, to start going on beyond, be, uh, beyond that. And um, right now, the frustration that I'm feeling with with pipes and stuff like that, uh, I'm I'm really curious to see if the balance of the new power features will also make the way that water works a little bit easier. Uh, because one of the things that's changing with liquids, uh, they're adding not only liquid nodes along the map, but they're also adding gas. And so uh, similar to the way that you collect minerals in the game, iron, copper, etc., uh, you mine it out of the ground. It's infinite. You just have to find where it's located and Right now, water is just in lakes and rivers and oceans. And now they're going to add like springs. So you might be in the middle of nowhere, nowhere near uh, water, but there could be water in the ground that you could tap into, which will alleviate the miles and miles and miles that you sometimes have to travel to get water where you want it. Um, so that's, yeah. that's going to be cool. Uh, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I, I missed an update. Like I missed the update 3.6 which added a bunch of changes to pipes uh and uh aluminum refinement is is changing uh, sorry no that's update four but like i'm at this point in my really big playthrough where i'm building this giant factory that i just i knew that there was updates coming and i couldn't really justify building a great big power grid that would have to change six months later so Right. I rolled back my time in the game. Minecraft was taking off. I think 116 came out. So like I, I switched over to a different game. And so it's, I'm really kind of happy that I stopped playing when I did because now I'm going to be able to go in. And you were talking earlier about like the longevity of a game. It's going to be a new game. Like from tier four onward, like it is tr changing significantly, I think for the better. And I'm glad that I don't have to redo everything. I'm glad that I didn't spend months beating my head up against the wall with about water mechanics and how to get it for coal power. Like I really feel like uh, it's now going to be a smoother process, and I'm looking forward to to sharing that with folks on on stream. Um, I I'm I'm thinking that there's always something that Coffee Stain brings. They're the um, developer. Uh, and I'll have a link to their YouTube channel in the show notes for people that want to check it out. Short videos, you know, 10 minutes, you know, trailers for what's coming. Um, sometimes they have like featured community stuff. And I feel like there's always a little Easter egg. Like they talk about, here are the features that are coming. You've asked for it. You know, here are the changes that we've made. There's always something they don't mention. Like there's always some fun little thing that, that creeps up. And they've been talking for um, a long time about uh, the piping updates and now the power updates. But in the latest trailer video, they had what looks like an energy gauntlet, and you can use it to slide down power poles like a zip line. <laughs> it's just, it's not necessarily that, anything anybody asked for. It's just fun. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
hey, if it's fun, then it'll add some variety to the things you do in the game. Yeah, it's like when they added pipes and liquids, they also added hyper tubes, which are basically like pneumatic tubes for people. Like you get into this air tube and just, and you just, you get sent like a vacuum across your build to wherever the tube goes. And it's really fun. Uh, And it saves you from walking everywhere because satisfactory builds get very, very large. And uh, that I wasn't expecting. You know, they, they they talked about piping and liquids and stuff, but then they added hypertubes at the release date. And I think people kind of went over the moon for it. So they're a creative, fun. Um, they have a great sense of humor as a developer, I find. Um, I'll give a little hashtag. I mean, we're not necessarily a, a family-friendly podcast, but uh, the game looks innocent enough. But e- even in the promotional videos on YouTube, the devs can use some adult language. So if you're going to be listening to it at work or watching it with small humans around, just kind of FYI. Um, it's not vulgar. They just, they, they're adult humans and so they swear. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's looking to be a lot of fun and I'm, I'm mentioning it now because, um, by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be a few days before the 16th. And I'm hoping that some people listening will want to tune in. Um, I'm trying to grow the channel, but I'm also trying to not just pigeon my hole myself into just being a Minecraft creator on Twitch. And, uh, I, I'm, I've been reminded just how much I enjoy satisfactory and, and this is my last note in that. By redoing tiers one through four uh, on the last stream or in that process, I realized that while I'm not the most experienced satisfactory player, I I know a lot about the early game. And so being able to share mm-hmm. that with people that were new to the game, I wasn't necessarily doing a tutorial, but when people had questions, I was able to answer them clearly and concisely. Yeah. And I really enjoy that level of knowledge about something. Like I feel the same way about Minecraft, obviously. I'm not as technically under the back end, like I don't know all the things, but I certainly know enough about gameplay that when someone asks about something, I can usually point them in the right direction. If I don't know the answer, I can usually point them to like the other creators or the style of content that might have the answer for them. And I just, I like that feeling of feeling comfortable in a game or a task or a process. It's like when I sit down to do some drawing, like I had a a, a contract last week um, that I've been working on for a while and I've been feeling a little self-conscious about because I don't get a lot of art contracts. My work has been split in a, in a great way uh, across different, you know, creative endeavors right now. And so I felt rusty, but when I sat down, it was like riding a bike. Like after about 30 minutes, I was like, okay, no, I'm back. Workflow is fine. Like I'm, I, I haven't lost the ability to do that. And because I've been out of satisfactory for six or eight months, I was just like, oh gosh, like, do I even remember how to play this game? And it really did not take that long to, to get back into it. But I've been enjoying the, the back end play offline, uh, as a bit of a stress relief at the end of the day, just kind of like, like I said, scratching that organizational itch, but also uh, I'm kind of preparing for like that Monday stream where there are going to be questions. I want to experiment with the frustrations. Like I want to know when people say, "Ugh, coal power water, how did you do that? I can say, look, I went through this. This is, this is my solution. You don't have to do it this way. But the problem I think is, you know, X, Y, Z. And so I'm looking forward to sharing that because I think that there are some sticking points in the game. And until you get it, like until you grasp the way to do certain things in the game, it's very frustrating Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, everybody needs that first spaghetti crap playthrough for the first like two hours before they go, Oh, okay. Now, now I think I understand. And then you go back and you redo everything and you feel way more confident about going forward. So, uh, I'm looking, right. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, the other thing that I want to talk about with you is one division. 
Yay! Uh, I should say this before we, we get into WandaVision. I've watched all of WandaVision. I've had nobody to talk to about it but my wife. And as much as she enjoyed it, she knows nothing about the comics. She knows nothing about... She's like, well, that was fun. I can't wait for more. And I'm like, yeah, that's going to be in a movie. And she's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, oh, there's so much I want to say, but nobody I could talk to about it because none of my friends have watched it yet. So as of last week with Steven, we talked about everything except for the finale. Uh, I've now seen the finale and I'm confused. So um, so you can just uh, go ham, I can my clarify friend. It for go, you. go ham because I've enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Uh, the first two episodes were slow, but after that, I, I, I kind of got the bug and I quite enjoyed it. Uh, I, I feel like Disney Plus really did a disservice by doing it week to week. I feel like it would have been much better served if they had given us like the first four episodes up front mm-hmm. and then gone week to week. Because I feel like the show took four episodes to get going. Yeah, they did the first two. I feel like they should have done the first three minimum, but three. I agree, I agree yeah. with you that... Uh, I mean, if they do that with such a short, I say short season, it's a short series. Like this is the end. There's not season two. No. And, and in two weeks, we're going to be getting uh, 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 Falcon oh, and the Winter yeah. Soldier. I mean, in, in my point of view, it, it, like they wouldn't have lost subscribers if they had given us an extra, given us three episodes instead of. Uh, instead of two at the beginning. Yeah. And I think it would have sucked more people in. Though. It should be said, Nielsen reports it, I believe, as being the number one watched show in the entire pandemic. That, like, their numbers wow. of people that have been watching WandaVision, it, like, has blown everything out of the water. So that just goes to show you how popular the MCU is in general. That's amazing. I, I mean, I definitely... Sp- spend more time on Disney plus than I have on any other streaming service in the last say six months. Um, yeah. but I would not expect WandaVision to be, have that kind of clout. But I think too, the other thing is that it's been a while since I've watched the MCU all the way through. Uh, I've watched a couple of key films like, um, uh, civil war and, um, Endgame, but I, I don't have the comic knowledge. Like I don't have that background and I'm yep. not the kind of person that goes and reads all the articles after every episode to find out what teeny tiny reference meant what, and like no. all that kind of stuff. I didn't, I, I didn't get there. I have one or two websites that I will go to for like details. They, Hey, did you miss this? And I'll read the one article and I will already know about, 80% of what the article says. So it's boring to me. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. This was a waste of my time. Uh, uh, most of the time. But with WandaVision, I feel like everybody had a theory. And uh, as much as I liked all the crazy theories about what was going to happen and what was going to go on, this show pretty much unfolded exactly as I was expecting it to. Like it, there was no major surprises for me. The, uh, if anything was a surprise for me is we're going to get into, I guess I'm going to get into a little bit of a spoiler. It's that, uh, that Quicksilver wasn't Quicksilver from another dimension. Yeah. That was the only thing for me that I was like kind of bummed about. I was like, oh, I was kind of hoping. Yeah. But I think that, I think it's important to Wanda's character in this universe. Uh, yeah. That her brother died um, yeah. back, back in Age of Ultron. Uh, I think that's 
key because one of the things that, and I can't take credit for this. I don't remember who said it. It was something that flew by on TikTok, but somebody had said that, um, and again, WandaVision spoilers. I mean, I hopefully you figured that out, uh, that this isn't a superhero show. This nope. is a story about grief yeah. that happens to be about a person that has extraordinary abilities uh, yeah. that are in, that quite heavily involve emotions and um, thoughts. And I was just like, wow, like the, it, it re when that, when that happened and I saw that, I think it was about halfway through the series and I had thought that, you know, it was like post-traumatic stress or like the emotional loss of vision twice um, snapped and being brought back, like all those different things that would affect Wanda. Um, I was right in that way about what was going on, but I was, I was hoping to, learn a little bit more about her powers and stuff. And this is where the, this is the only complaint that I have. And, and again, it's because the series is not a complete thought. The series is a um, prelude to yeah. other things that are happening. It's kind of like this bridge between uh, Endgame. There was a little bit in Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, they hinted at it, but then it turned out to be Mysterio was just faking everything. Um, but then they move on to uh, WandaVision and it becomes a stage setting prelude for um, what's the doc Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? Verse, yeah. yeah, the Multiverse of Madness. And so I think we're going to get answers in that film or at least some answers in that film as to what's going on because, um, and a, a good part of this is me not really understanding a lot about the Scarlet Witch uh, and, and her powers in the comics and her story in the comics. And um, there are some people, I think, those that are big fans of, of Wanda Maximoff and, and her story, I think got some big rewards. In the last episode alone, it went yep. from zero to 120 miles an hour. And I was like, Oh wow. Okay. This is, this is really interesting. Like they, they went really deep into a lot of things. You've got Wanda discovering her abilities and, and taking on, um, I can't remember her name. Harkness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then you've got, um, vision and white vision, which I didn't understand was even from the comics. Yep. Uh, and their conversation and the fact I was trying to wrap my head around what the vision that we were seeing this whole series, I was trying to figure out what the hell was going on. I still don't know what he was. He's the soul stone that was inside of that. They gave Wanda her that when the soul stone opened her up and gave her more power. Right. Part of the soul stone is now inside of her. And so he is that remnant of the soul stone. Okay. But the vision that, um, the white vision, that is a physical being. Like a that phys is the body of the old vision. Yeah. Reconstructed by, can't remember the guy's name. Um, I, I just remember him as the bad guy I don't like and I want to die. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I, I <laughs> joked last week about calling him Pricky McPrickface. But yeah, like he's kind of, he's kind of a standard FBI douchebag. <laughs> it's not, no. not hard to figure out that he's the bad guy. Um, but he, like... I, with the vision, like I didn't expect that. And I thought, well, this is going to be strange. But then the conversation that the, we'll call them figment vision and physical vision have in their fight, um, vision as per you'd expect says some interesting things, uh, about, you know, some 
like it's almost like a Schrodinger, Schrodinger's box, you know, if the cat's it's in the, the box. The, it's the ship. Uh, I forget what it is, but it's the famous Greek ship that's in store, that's in a museum. But they've had to rebuild it so many times. Is it really the same ship anymore? Yeah, kind exactly. of thing. And it, when he says it to the other vision, the other vision goes, huh, I never thought about it that way. And I I definitely think we have we have not seen the end of vision quite obviously. Hmm. And I, I think we're gonna see more vision. And I got the vibe that the the old vision and the new vision are going to become the same thing. Yes. I, I, I get the feeling by by giving him all of his memories, uh, that the white vision, even though he is different will identify as vision yeah almost like a reincarnation i i can't remember the details because the comics are i think older than i am but i remember <laughs> there being a plot line where in the original vision comics he's the robot but he's very much the color of what the vision looks like in the mcu right. where he's like bright reds and greens and like mm -hmm. weird colors and then in the like late 80s early 90s he becomes like this ghost white vision thing and i mean i was a kid at the time and i remember there being something different about vision and i was like why was he green before why what's going on and then there's a there's apparently a plot line where the vision dies and they bring vision back but he's lost all the personality he is a robot right and so I have a funny feeling that that's what we're going to get with the vision in the next couple of movies that vision makes an appearance in is that he's going to be like a robot trying to work the kinks out and getting his memory back. Yeah. And I really enjoy Paul Bettany as an actor. And, and yeah, I was really glad to see that he wasn't gone. Yes. No, I agree. Uh, I, I think we are going to see more. And again, I can't take credit. This is a TikTok thing that, that flew by, but um, when vision is first created, uh, when Stark and and Banner grab the body body that Ultron was going to make for himself, uh, and and put Jarvis or what's left of Jarvis into it or create something new with the Mind Stone, and Vision is what they get. At first, he doesn't even have a costume. He comes out and he's basically flying around, but he doesn't have anything. And then he looks at Thor and just kind of like makes himself look like a superhero. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he goes on to say. I am or trying to figure out like who he is, what he is, how does he identify? And he doesn't finish the sentence. And I don't really remember how they started to call him vision, but in, uh, WandaVision in the episode where they're in the library and they're, and vision and white vision are fighting white vision finishes the sentence. He says, I am vision. And, right. and that kind of stood out, not to me at first, but when it was pointed out to me by someone analyzing the, the show, I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I almost, um, I don't really have a bad thing to say about Age of Ultron. I didn't hate the film. A lot of people seem to think it's not the best, but I enjoyed it. Um, so I kind of want to go back and watch it now, knowing what I know about WandaVision and seeing the origin of Wanda Maximoff and the creation of Vision and kind of like see, see how what I know now applies to that. I have recently seen uh, uh, Age of Ultron. I watched it just before this series premiered because I just wanted a recap on what was going to happen. And it's not as bad as I remember it, but it is probably my least favorite of the Avengers movies as a whole. Um, and more so because it feels like they forced too much stuff in one movie. Yeah. 
And I, and I think that that was my big takeaway is that it felt like it felt like the Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire where they had to keep upping the stakes and upping the stakes and upping the stakes. So we got to have as many villains in this movie as we can. And it and it and I feel like that's kind of to its detriment. I feel like too that um, you had the, the the change of of the writing staff too um because yeah. it was joss whedon at the helm for writing ultron but then who wrote civil war was that the no, uh, i did a quick I, google search but it's it's giving me the comics writers not the not the i film. can't remember if it's the russo brothers or not i think it is i think that was their first one uh the first one was winter soldier right so it stands to reason that they would have also done Civil War then. Civil War, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's where I think the writing for the MCU... Got better. Got Well, got way better. Like, it be, like you you have, like, they talk about phase one and phase, phase two of the MCU, and now they're into phase four, I guess, or three? Yeah, this is, this. we're in phase four. We're in phase four. Uh, but I for me, phase two was basically when the Russo brothers jumped in there and started doing some really, really cool stuff. Um, but yeah, like, I... I don't know enough about what happens with Wanda Maximoff after. And this is where I'm just like confused by like the fact that she's now in possession of, I can't remember the name of the book, but the book was missing from the shelf in Dr. Strange. That's another movie I want to go back and watch. And, yeah. and, and, um, Harkness, is it, is it Harkness? It's the, uh, it, her name is, uh, Agnes Hark, Harkness, Harkness or okay. something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, Agatha, Agatha Harkness. Agatha, yeah. Yeah, and so she's kind of like giving Wanda all this information about like who she is, what she can do, and what those powers are, and and all this kind of stuff. And then she introduces the idea of chaos magic. And um, some of the other speculation I've seen again very briefly is things like apparently there's a god of chaos magic, or there's a being that controls chaos magic. And chaos magic is apparently the thread that you that gets pulled that unravels and and becomes and and trips into the multiverse plot yes like that's it's yes. the thread that gets pulled that you know starts this whole landslide of stuff in the comics i believe um vision dies i forget why and she has children with vision and they die and she goes to like a dark place and she it, it's not like wandavision but it's similar and all kinds of crazy stuff starts happening in the comics. Like, like, like heroes become villains, villains become heroes and all kinds of things that don't make sense. And there's people that are aware that something is going on and it doesn't make sense. And what you end up finding out is it's, she's losing her mind mm. and her magic is causing chaos everywhere. So I have a funny feeling that that's what we're going to see with uh, Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness is that she's going to go down a rabbit hole trying to bring back her kids. Right. And that it's going to cause chaos. And you do know what the acronym for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is, right? Uh, no. Doctor Strange and Mom. Uh, <laughs> I never even clued in. So I've had a theory for a while that it was going to be... that I, I don't know if... She's going to necessarily be the villain in that movie, but I definitely think that I, I have a funny feeling she's going to cause problems and Doctor Strange is going to have to fix them. Yeah. And like I, I, that's, I, that, I think that's going to be the plot of that movie. I hope they don't make her a villain. 
Or if she is the villain, I hope it's that she's not like a vindictive, willing participant. Like I hope well, it's just my, it's the my, fallout of what's going on. My my biggest gripe of what I've heard since the show has ended is that there's a bunch of people on the internet complaining because why didn't Wanda get arrested at the end of the movie? She broke rules. She held those people captive and she was the bad guy in this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, not really. She didn't mean to hold all those people hostage. It, it, it just happened. It took, she was confused by her own powers. I'm not saying don't punish her, but the fact that she has to go off and hide now, kind of a punishment it's yeah. not that she got away with it they they make that reference to uh witches in salem and how they would have been treated and she's now like it doesn't right. they don't see me any differently like they still really dislike me for what i did to them um but right. one of the things that i think was really poignant uh and again they don't really walk you down this path holding your hand but they do kind of like hint at it there was some unnamed woman that came up to Wanda when um, Harkness had removed Wanda's control over her and she was speaking as herself. And she said, like, I just want to go hold my daughter. Like, I've got an eight-year-old kid that because I'm part of your fantasy, I don't get to see, I can't get to her. Right. And and forget the fact that I don't understand how any of these people that are in stasis or, or in these kind of like routines don't die of like starvation and thirst because apparently there's some people that just don't move the farther away yeah. from Wanda that you are. Um, so I'm not yeah. sure how they're sustained, but at any rate, um, you know, you've got this woman that just wants to see her kid. So she's, and then they also say either that, that person or one of the other captives in this fantasy say, we can feel everything. We have your nightmares. So that to me says that, well, yes, they're mad. That shouldn't have happened. They feel violated. They feel, um, I want to say hatred, but they feel a certain loathing towards Wanda. They don't want her around anymore. Um, right. But at the same time, I would imagine that if a mother that is just focused on seeing her eight-year-old again is also experiencing Wanda, who has lost the vision and her kids in this, in the extinguish of, of the hex, uh, I would hope that while they won't this forgive her, there would be some sympathy that they would at least understand. Like they would, they would feel bad. They would say, I feel bad for her, but I don't, I still don't want her anywhere near me. Cause like, she's a cannon that no one can control, you know? That, and the other thing I think a lot of people don't take into consideration, uh, is that when this whole situation begins and, uh, and what, and what's her name shows up at, uh, West Westview, uh, when Mon Monica shows up at Westview, that's like day one of the situation. That's not like day two. That's not like this hasn't been going on for weeks. This has been going on for like 24 or 48 hours when she gets there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when everything else seems to happen, this all unfolds over the course of like a week. This is not like this went on for months. This went on for a week. Like every episode is basically like 12 to 24 hours in the timeline. Mm -hmm. And so to me that says, huh, okay, this is all compressed into a week. The, 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 she may not have, she unintentionally held all these people hostage. She didn't mean to. They didn't die, but they also weren't held ca ha ca captive for months. They were held captive for a week at yeah. most. Yeah. Uh, it's not nearly as bad as it's being portrayed. 
I think too some of that oh, has no. to do with the with the the weekly release, right? Like you know, we yeah. and to, instead of getting a chunk, we've got week by week, which I enjoy. Like I that spend my Saturday morning routine is just like the first thing I do in the morning is watch WandaVision with breakfast, and it's a great you know hour. It's a good show. Like I just I don't have to think about it, and so I'm gonna struggle to Saturdays to figure out what to do. Uh, but yeah, like I, I feel that they they did a good job with giving you the emotional reasons from Wanda's perspective as to why it happened. It started yep. when they showed you the flashback of her going to see Vision's body. Uh, yeah. And I mean, hats off to Elizabeth Olsen for the acting and stuff in this series. Uh, I mean, Paul Bettany as well. Um, but I really felt that one of the things that we got to see in WandaVision that these characters were robbed of and why it hit so hard in the films was a real goodbye. Yeah. You know, she got, she watched vision die twice and barely had the chance to say goodbye. It was all tactical and emo while emotional, like it just, it had to happen right then. And it didn't work. Like they didn't, it, her efforts didn't save the day. Steno yeah. still got the stone. And, and so having the opportunity for them to say goodbye uh, and, and having that soft moment, like it was sad and sad in a way that not necessarily a tearjerker, but like, I just, I really felt like they're giving the characters the stuff they didn't have time to do in the film because it would have slowed the climax right. of infinity war down to a crawl, you know? Yeah. And, and we get more of what we were only seeing hints of when I can't remember where they were when they were first attacked in Infinity War. They were somewhere in Europe and they were sharing a, an apartment together playing, you know, they're on the down low and, and yeah. you get a little bit there, but you really got to see, especially with the emotion. And I think vision even cries at some point. Um, and I'm even still trying to understand what vision is physically. Um, but again, then it was a figment of his imagination. Like they, this is where comics do get really convoluted for me. Like when you start to get magic involved, I really, this, I, I like the sci-fi aspect of superhero stuff, but not the magic. Yeah. The magic and stuff always kind of gets me the wrong way. But again, I don't have hardly any experience about magic in the MCU. Most and, of my and, magic comes from the DCU, and, which is not great. Well, if I remember right, in the beginning of Scarlet Witch's introduction, they introduced her in the comics as a mutant. And then later on, somebody wrote in wrote storylines where they were like, her being a mutant doesn't make sense. Her powers wouldn't be mutant powers. They feel more like magic. We call her the Scarlet Witch. And they retconned her into being that everybody thought her abilities was 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 mutant powers but they weren't she actually really was a magic user so it makes sense that they did that with this as well and i didn't mind that but it, magic is always i've always viewed magic in comic books unless otherwise portrayed is it's kind of like science we don't understand yeah yeah well it's like the infinity stones like yeah. it, 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 you, you think science fiction because they're from space, but they're rocks that have powers. <laughs> like it's not, yeah. you know, you really have to stretch to to really, you know, understand. I mean, for me, I guess the sci-fi in like brain process is like their power sources, and yes, they affect different things like time and space and power and mind and all that kind of stuff. But they, to me, they they feel they they portray them as power sources. 
and less magic sources. But um, I like the idea that she was a magic user, but then the Infinity Stone amped those things up. Like she yeah. she ended up becoming uh, becoming something else. And um, speaking of powers, uh, I was reminded that, oh, yes, we are watching Disney Plus television shows. They have a budget of all the things. <laughs> and the climactic fight between Harkness and, and, um, and the Scarlet Witch at that point uh, was fantastic. Like I, it was... Yeah hard hitting it was at first you're like she's not really doing a whole lot and then i started to realize what was going on i didn't figure it out before i kind of figured out it figured it out just as they revealed the the runes that wanda was painting around i think that was they did a really good job of that because both erica and i did the same thing erica was like she's losing are we gonna get a sad ending to this and then it dawned on both of us at the same time we looked at each other and then the rune shows up and we're like, Oh, okay. This makes sense. Now there was one move. There was one particular move where I clued in where I'm just kind of like, she is landing all of these punches. And then that one missed. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And then she did it again. I was like, huh? I think it was the combination of like that action. And then they, they hung a little bit too long on the outside the people looking yeah. at the wall of the hex kind of lighting up. I'm just like, I'm supposed to be paying attention to this for some reason. And so yeah. like, I just, you don't know why, but you're, st you start to pay attention to like what's going on. And, and it's not, it's, it's like, I know she's not going to die. Cause I think I basically either saw it on IMDB or whatever. I knew that she was at least going to be involved in the multiverse of madness, you know, at some point. So I was like, well, she's not going to die, but uh, I really enjoyed how they, how they did that. And, I mean, this is a small thing, but I just, I really enjoy design. And I thought they did a great job of turning the Scarlet Witch's costume in the comics into something real for Marvel. And I think that, you know, to uh, Elizabeth Olsen's credit, she does a good job with this. And everybody else has a really cool costume in the MCU and she gets like a red leather jacket. <laughs> and in yeah. this, she gets like the full magical, can change okay. it at will, at whim. And I love the fact that instead of this really weird headgear thing that they have or this crown that she has in the comics, in the show, they make it out of her power. So it's yep. like this neon glowy, kind of like uh, Doctor Strange's um, yeah. discs things, the rune discs that he kind of like wields around. Wields, yeah. um, she has, when she gets going, her eyes glow red and she gets these like horn, this kind of like crown on her yeah. and it looks so good and it's such a nice modern way of not putting a silly thing on her head which to their credit they they did that to both vision and her they put them in their halloween costumes and they did, gave a nod to this to like the 70s designs in the comics yeah it was really it was really well done and i just i love that thought of of like the the effort that they put in like they they wanted to just not look crazy her hair was a little bit nuts at the end it was a little bit more of a like 80s blowout but like yeah it, it's it felt strange but when she was when she switches from one to the other and then flies away I don't remember Wanda being able to fly before. I knew she could hover. Like I knew she could kind of like shoot herself up to like the fourth story of a building, but I don't remember her like being able to fly like Superman sort of deal. 
Uh, and so in, in the comics, I believe she can. Oh yes, I knew but that. I, but I think that in this, it was supposed to be more of her powers being unlocked, and she's like, yes. "Oh wait, I can fly." Yeah, you really see the unlock. But then, uh, and apparently, and I'm kind of pissed that I missed this. I guess there's like an extra extra scene at the end of everything. I watched until the yes. end of the visual credits, but then I didn't see. And you have to watch all the way till the end end credits. Oh my god, it's like ten minutes. Like I understand uh-huh. that there's a lot of people that work on this, and I get that they have to do the credits for 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 international and stuff like that but like i i'll watch the show do you know what you missed i don't okay can i spoil it for you because it's not much no go for it like and and again for people for people that want to go see it go watch it and come back but i don't care like it's yeah so what you missed is it cuts to a cabin in the middle of the woods in nowhere's land like it looks like she's out in the middle of like like there's nowhere nobody for hundreds of miles so incredible hulk flashback yeah, and she's sitting in the cabin and she's pouring a cup of tea or she's drinking a cup of tea and then you hear like the tea kettle go off again and she gets up from the, the, the thing she's sitting on on the porch. She goes inside and she goes to make herself another cup of tea and instead of the camera stopping while she makes the cup of tea, the camera continues to move and it follows her follows into the bedroom and in the bedroom you see... She's doing the, you know how Doctor Strange can step out of his body? Oh, yes. Yeah. Astral projection. Yeah. Astral projection. She's astral projecting. And unlike Doctor Strange, who when he astral projects, his body just lays there. She's doing two things at the same time. So her body is like drinking a cup of tea and relaxing. And in the meantime, her astral projection is reading that book and trying to understand it. In the Scarlet Witch costume. And then out of nowhere, she's looking at the book and she hears a voice go, Mom, Mom, are you out there? And then she looks at the camera and that's the end of the clip. Uh, Okay. That's it. I mean, it's not a lot. Like, it's like like less than 60 seconds. Hmm. But it's supposed to clue you into what's coming with Multiverse of Madness. Interesting that she looks at the camera. It's not necessarily she looks at the camera, but she looks up from the book and she's looking towards the camera and you go, oh, okay. Oh. So, so she looks She looks to her astral projection. She doesn't break the fourth wall. Right. She doesn't right. break the fourth wall, but right. she looks like looks out like, huh, what was that? And then boom, that's the end. Right. And that sets up your what you were mentioning earlier about like her trying to get her kids back through this chaos magic that she yeah. the kids that she created that weren't real in the first place, but then she's realizing that the things that she's created are might might exist someplace else. Right. Right. So our is is your speculation that she's not hearing the deconstructed spell of her kids, but she's hearing her kids as they exist in a different universe existing in a different universe was yeah, my thought. Right. And so then we enter, enter into the whole like fringe plot line where, you know, you lose a child in one universe and you go to the other universe to get that child back, but then you cause right. this rift and this war and there's all this kind of stuff. Okay. Interesting. All right. Um, and I, and I think that I, I, the rumor is, is that her movie is going to be the way they introduce mutants because mutants haven't existed in the MCU. And so the rumor is what they're going to end up doing is some kind of like multiverse and that when the multiverses have to collide and become one, we kind of end up with a bunch of stuff we didn't have before. Get the X gene. Yeah. My, my theory last week was, was that we know that 
Wanda is really, really powerful and can control all of these people and all this, you know, in this town of Westview um, because Harkness kind of lays it out for us because she's confused. Like, how are you this powerful? How are you controlling this many people at once? And, and then we realize at the end of the series that her powers are unlocked and she's learning how to do even more things. My thought was that perhaps there's some sort of like world cataclysmic, I can't speak today. Cataclysmic? Yeah, there's some sort of world cataclysmic event that kind of creates the X gene, but the source of that event is Wanda. Yeah. And, so, and I have a funny feeling that that's what that's what we're gonna get. Right. So rather than, but you're yeah, you're suggesting instead of Wanda, it's the universes that whatever. So it's not so much just her. She might start the snowball, but it's the following events that might get the X Men. But yeah, like my idea was like it's not that X Men don't exist in the MCU as we've been experiencing it. It's that they don't exist yet, and that they're yeah. going to be part of like a phase four phase five or something like that which is great because my gosh like the other x-men movies were pretty well done like don't get me wrong there's some of them that are stinkers but there's a couple that are fantastic and yeah, when they hit they hit when they fail they fail miserably that's a really good um uh, assessment yeah i agree uh and of course i mean hugh jackman as wolverine was just epic casting and and, and really good performances there and so but the fact that you've got the kind of writing that we've got from the Russo brothers and other people in the MCU, the direction, like the, the, the humor, you know, like the really well-balanced set of yeah. things between like guardians of the galaxy and Spider-Man and like, and then you get the real Avengers films, like the core franchise, but even then they're still funny. Like I love, I would love to see what they can do with the X-Men. And if you think that Marvel and Disney have tapped, you know, Marvel fans with the current, like the current movie and television franchises. I mean, when I was into comics, you know, collecting as a teenager and the amount of people that I talked to, the amount of just absolute crazy fandom for the X-Men crippled anything I ever run into. Star yeah, and, Wars, and, Star and, Trek. And that, and that has to do with the cartoon from the 90s. Yeah. So if, the, if they're going that route, like they're going to hit the nostalgia they're going to bring in new people. It, like it's going to be amazing. There's a few rumors floating around now about when they introduce the mutants. And the rumor is they're not going to call the movie X-Men when they get introduced. They're going to call them the mutants. And right. then from there, it's they're going to introduce to you a bunch of mutants. And then from there, they're going to splinter it into different movies. But that the, the introduction won't be called the X-Men. It's going to be the mutants. And then you're going to meet a bunch of characters and then they'll either get their own movies or they'll form groups that get their own movies. Yep. Slow burn. Slow burn worked yep. out for them. You know, like it was yep. how many movies before we got Avengers? Like three, four, something uh, like that. Uh, four or five. Yeah. Like it, it, real big payoff. And again, going into, you know, I mean, even technology now, they can do some amazing stuff as far as special effects. I mean, even uh, Colossus in the Deadpool movies was just like, yes. I mean, I understand that he's completely CG, but my gosh, does that look fantastic? You know, yeah. uh, Hulk in Avengers uh, and, and all of those films. Uh, even Dreadnought in Deadpool was pretty cool. Uh, so there are some things that they can do with um, special effects without having to put people in full like latex costumes and things with X-Men. That could be just amazing. Um, I hope, I mean, I imagine that they're probably going to be very carefully casting things because there has been some missteps as far as well I'm concerned. The, there's a rumor floating around. I've read it on a couple of sites. There was some leaker that said that when they introduced Professor X and Magneto, um, 
there the original plot line in all the comics has always been that Magneto was a uh, 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 a prisoner during World War II mm. and he was in a concentration camp. Well, they can't really do that anymore because that generation is getting too old mm-hmm. and they don't want to introduce Magneto as this 80-year-old guy. So they have to kind of change it up. And the rumor is that they're going to go with um, the civil rights movement instead and that Magneto and Professor X will be too factors of the civil rights movement instead Mm. and that they're going to go with two african-american cast things instead of the traditional sense and i i at first when i first heard it i was like i don't know if i like this but the more i think about it the more i think it's going to make sense and the rumor is that they were trying to get denzel washington to be professor x really yeah and i was like you know what that's not a bad job that's not a bad casting He's a good actor. I, I mean, I haven't really enjoyed his latest films. When it, he, when he's in something I enjoy, I find him really good. But yeah, yeah, I, that's a lot to wrap your head around. I, I would imagine I would have thought they would have gone with unknowns because that's the thing yeah. that I mean. Granted, I mean Robert Downey Jr. not exactly an unknown, but I feel like in a lot of ways the success of the Marvel casting has been unknowns either unknowns or people that have been under the radar you know or people that have just not been in that kind of a film before i think the thing that's going to be telling is how eternals does right um because eternals has a lot of big names in it and it's either going to be a blockbuster hit that nails it or it's going to be something that everybody goes and Everything I've heard is apparently there's a pre there's a preview version of the full film that doesn't have all the special effects in it that the executives at Disney have seen and they think it's the greatest thing that they've ever seen. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, but these are executives. I don't really care what they see. <laughs> yeah, they see dollar signs. They don't necessarily see plot yeah. and story and stuff like that. I mean They I- thought that they thought that that the uh what was that show that the the show that didn't even last a full season before it got canceled? That was a mar- it was supposed to be a tie into the MCU with the people living on the moon. Uh, oh, I don't remember. Yeah, it, 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 exactly. You don't remember it. It didn't. <laughs> it, it lasted. It lasted six episodes, and they thought told you it was going to be the most amazing thing, and it didn't. No. No. I mean, I like Richard Madden and Kit Harrington, obviously from Game of Thrones. But I mean, looking at IMDb real quick, uh, Selma Hayek and uh, Hayek and, and Angelina Jolie, I don't care. Like, I, you know, yeah. they, they're not really the top of my. But, the, but you know what the telling thing about that is, is if you look at all the posters they've been posted, they've, they've started showing for the Eternals because they did. They did a photo. Fo- there's a there's a like a like a movie poster thing now. Yeah. They're not in the, the movie poster. It's. uh Madden's Richard Madden yeah. Madden's up front and then it's a bunch of other actors that like you might know as bit parts but they're not showing Angelina Jolie and them in that poster so something tells me they're not going to be in the whole movie they're going to be the people that die early on or the mentor role you know like yeah. the backseat sort of stuff interesting interesting I yeah I I don't know anything about what's coming so that's kind of cool in that I was familiar enough with the characters in the MCU to enjoy the films and and be on board for the archetypes and kind of like have a basic understanding of where the heroes came from like you know thor captain america that kind of stuff but like i know next to nothing about what's coming 
Uh, and yeah. so it's exciting. And, and it also means that I don't have any kind of like pre-expectations. You know, like I, I'm, I'm happy to be surprised by, by what's coming. But I'm looking forward to it. And I would highly recommend WandaVision for people. It is, again, I will state, it is a very slow start. You're going to want to sit down and try to get through the first three or four in it's as a, short a time a as slow, you can. It's a slow start, but you it's not necessarily that you won't enjoy those first episodes. If you liked old TV, like I... I grew up watching reruns of the Dick Van Dyke show with my mother. So when that first episode is like an episode of the Dick Van Dyke show, I was like, this is weird, but I dig it, but I don't know where it's going. So somebody tell me where this is going. And like, then they do that for the first two episodes. And then I feel like the third episode is the payoff. Well, moving on into the Internet Minute, if you uh, enjoy the show and you'd like to put a little bit of value back into it, then check out patreon.com slash The Cafe. We are 100% listener supported. And so uh, I thank everyone that has taken the time and, and their hard-earned money to support the show. Uh, for as little as a dollar an episode, you can help us make more episodes. You can help me put more work into the back end of the podcast. Uh, so once again, check out patreon.com slash The Cafe to become a member and get access to bonus audio as well as the patron-only Discord. Uh, I have uh, another video game pick here in the Internet Minute. I I've mentioned this on the show before, but this now is uh, more information about uh, Kina uh, Bridges of Spirits. And it has a release date. Uh, and that is August 21st, 2021. And uh, it's listed as $49.99 Canadian, so probably $39.99 USD. Uh, it's on the Epic Game Store. It's only on PC. I'll probably be playing this with a controller should I decide to pick it up. Um, but I've had a, an eye on this for a while. It just looks really pretty. It looks like a fun adventure game with a lot of imagination. It's not a sequel or uh, you know a, a retelling of something that existed. It's not an IP that, that's been brought over. It seems like it's an original story. Um, I've never played a modern Zelda game, but I've heard other people mention the similarities from what they've seen of, of, of Kina. Um, and uh, right now, the, the description that they have on the website is that uh, Kina is a young spirit guide and she travels to an abandoned village in search of the sacred mountain shrine. She struggles to uncover the secrets of this forgotten community hidden in an overground forest where wandering spirits are trapped. And the gameplay uh, seems to be centered around releasing these trapped spirits through your adventures. And as you do so, you get new powers and abilities that allow you to interact with the environment in different ways. So think like probably a combination of like platforming um, adventure, puzzle solving, but then also having combat. Uh, there's some stuff in the trailer that, you know, you have to, you have to probably fight the things that are trapping these spirits to begin with. Uh, the only thing that I find strange about it is that the spirits are called rot, which seems like it's negative, but they're these really cute little brown or gray fuzzballs of like I, spirit energy, but they look like, like little, Muppets, uh, and yeah. uh, I—the whole thing just looks like. Uh, I mean, obviously, the, the trailer is a full CG trailer, but it just—it reminds me of something you'd see from like a modern Disney film or a Pixar film. And uh, yeah, I'm—I'm I'm on board in terms of uh, interest peaked. Uh, price point might be a little bit high, but these things tend to go on sale on things like the Epic Game Store from uh, the, time to time. The, the price point for me is, at least here in the U.S., that nails it. Uh, the forty-dollar price point, I feel, is the perfect is the perfect medium. I feel like too many games go too high. Mm -hmm. Like most games. Now I bought something the other day and it was $70 for the regular version of the game. And I was like, really? Mm -hmm. You're going to charge me 70 bucks. And if it wasn't a game I knew was going to take me for a couple hundred hours, I would have waited for a sale. 
And this at $40, this this could be a day one buy for me. This looks very much like a Zelda game, but not a Zelda game. And that, I think, is what, what has my interest peaked, is that I don't have to have a previous experience with other games. Like, it's not like the next version of a franchise. It's not Assassin's Creed 7. You know, like, it's, it's something new. Uh, and I just, it looks pretty chill but also pretty exciting uh and i mean again as a visual you know as an artist it just it looks so pretty even the gameplay that they show in in the footage beyond the trailer it's just it looks like a lot a lot of fun well that wraps up this episode of the citadel cafe you can get more information about the show and links to some of the things that lou and i talked about at the citadelcafe.com music for the show was composed by kevin mcleod and of course you can email us at the citadelcafe at gmail.com or follow the show on twitter Subscribe for free on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. We're also on YouTube. But word of mouth is the easiest way to support the show. Just tell a friend about the Citadel Cafe and where they can go to listen to it. My name is Joel Duggan, and everything I am doing online, including my illustration and design portfolio, is at joelduggan.com. You can listen to my other podcast, all about Minecraft, at thespawnchunks.com. Crossing my fingers for a new snapshot this week. Uh, we talked about the new mountains coming to the game last week. Really fun conversation with Johnny there. You can also follow me at Joel Duggan on social media, and I'll point you towards twitch.tv slash joelduggan, where I am playing a lot of Minecraft, but also looking forward to the March 16th release of the Update 4 for Satisfactory. Lou, where can people find you online? Uh, easiest place to find me is on all social media under the name Busy Zombie Lord, and you could check out my show, Zombies Ate My Podcast. Where next week, I believe we are going to be talking about Stubbs the Zombie, the old Xbox game, is getting a re-release on PC, Switch, and modern consoles with a with a upresed graphics or a, a updated graphics. So that's gonna be fun. Uh, that was one of my favorite games for Xbox, the original, uh, and I'm glad to see it getting a new life. Although I'm really bummed out, I was going to sell my Xbox copy because I still have it. And it was going for like $300 on eBay. And I'm pretty sure that's going to drop now. Oh, no. The investment needs to, to come around. Maybe wait another 20 years. Yeah, yeah. You've been listening to the Citadel Cafe where we are fast, easy, and cheap. But you can only pick two.